0: You're listening to the Heart and Soul podcast, where we celebrate vulnerability and shameless living. No topic is off limits when you're chatting with your besties. Let's own our worth and walk empowered towards truth together. Hey, hey, hey everybody! Welcome to episode 17 of Heart and Soul podcast. I'm back. This is we Catherine. back. Catherine's here. I'm back, y'all. I missed so you guys nice. last week, but it was so it was awesome. It was so awesome listening to that episode. I was like, I mean, little Buddha baby Macy just brought the heat as (laughs) per usual. And it was such a good reminder about shameless living and the intricacies behind it and how we can, our thoughts can kind of take us captive and go completely off brand, (laughs) you know, of what we believe in without us even realizing it. So great episode. Thanks. I told you it was It was really one of my
1: favorites, but like not true favorite because you weren't, you weren't
0: there. Right, 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 right.
1: right. So it can't really qualify, but I thought it was such a good, um, what's the word, Uh, like deeper dive into the topic because like we said on there, I mean, it's obviously something we bring up each week at some point, but I don't think we've ever truly defined it or like you know, really gone into what we mean by it. Mm -hmm. Even though our listeners know by now, I think it was a great way, especially this far in to just kind of reconvene, especially because, you know, a few of the things that I brought up in there were things that she said on the very first time she was on this podcast over a year ago. So it was crazy to be like, you know, sometimes even though we think we're living something out or we know something in our hearts doesn't necessarily mean we don't still struggle with them or need like a refresher every now and then.
0: Yeah, that was like the craziest thing because I'm sure that's common with most women is we don't even realize we've gone backwards because we're such doers and we're so used to doing our daily routine and kind of going through the motions and saying what we need to say and then when we do an actual heart check, we're like, whoa. And I thought it was cool how you remembered specific things that she said from that first episode. I was like, ooh, of course Chelsea remembers. (laughs) I don't remember all of them that well, but I I think probably just because, like,
1: we've had her on so many times now that – and, like, they've been such profound messages. Those have really stuck with me. A little piece of every episode has always stuck with me, but – I don't know why I remembered that one a little bit
0: more yeah. vividly. And I'm glad I did. Well, if you haven't listened to last week's episode, definitely go back and listen to it. I'm sure you maybe have some extra time on your hands right now. So add that to your downloads. Yeah. Speaking of that,
1: I have a good podcast recommendation for anyone needing yeah. something new. Have I ever sent to you, um, be there, excuse me, I'm burping my kombucha up. Um, the Be There in Five podcast.
0: I think you just sent it to me last week.
1: Okay. So this girl, I found her because um, this really like famous photographer that I follow and I do a lot of her like educational stuff. She was her wedding photographer. And so she had her on her podcast. And then therefore I found this girl through this photographer's Instagram rabbit hole type of situation she got married in italy had this like epic wedding long story short she has this hilarious podcast her name's kate and she hosted for for the most part by herself which is super impressive because i don't know if i could do that and like stay on track um but anyway she kind of got like social media famous which i i like found this out recently through. Um, Making doormats. So, remember how that doormat went viral that said, Turn off your straightener? Yes. Girls like on their way out to turn off their straightener. Well, apparently, she like painted one one day. Like, she painted that on her mat and put it up online. And next thing she knew it like blew up and she had this booming business. And then like her Instagram follow, like her social media following grew. And um, now she's this like personality, which is so crazy. Um, That's how it all started. But it's not only that, but she's like truly hilarious. And she, she comes on and talks about all sorts of things. She crowdsources a lot for topics. So she'll put things up on Instagram and Facebook and whatever and um and then she'll go back and tell these stories but they're so funny because she has this very vivid memory and reference to like all these pop culture things yeah like the other day she brought up um the specific outfit that Aaron Carter was wearing when he's saying I want candy to Lizzie McGuire in that movie like Little things like that, I just, like, die laughing at because they're so specific, but you're like, oh my gosh, yes, I remember that so well.
0: That's incredible.
1: Um, So I think the one I've been sending people is an episode about um, babysitting, where she had all these people send in their stories about when they babysat as, like, a middle schooler and high schooler or, or even younger. And
0: it is, I was, like, peeing myself laughing. They're so funny. So. That really good idea, like a nostalgia podcast.:
1: Yeah, it's good. And she, t- she talks about all sorts of things. Like she had a whole episode on like 2010's trends of like bar carts. But like she had a whole <laughs> episode on, <laughs> on bar carts. <laughs> what the heck? Yeah, things like that. It's just like, how does she come up with this and still have enough content to speak for like an hour by herself? I know, I can never post
0: a podcast by myself. I couldn't either. I, I mean, where would we go? like go? I don't know. I would just feel the most annoying. Like, even when I go off on a tangent on here, I'm like, they're gonna definitely 30 seconds skip this. You know, like. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think
1: we're our own worst critic, but it does, you know, the banter definitely helps keep a good dynamic, um interesting podcast, whereas I feel like if I were to just come on and talk i don't I would need like notes to keep myself on track because I can't just I'll be like getting in front of my brain and just hearing all my random thoughts and having no no sense of
0: direction, yeah, nobody wants to hear that from my brain. no one wants that, so I'm glad I have you i've been goodto <laughs> i this is a good topic I've been binging this podcast um i'm like really into murder mystery podcasts and it's one called counter clock and it's about a murder that happened in the outer banks of north carolina and that's why i started listening to it because i was like oh i know where that is and that's like close um yeah but it's about this murder this um this girl in her 20s got murdered at her house uh, like an arson murder so the the person actually lit her house on fire too and the person's never been caught so it happened like back in the 90s and this this local um, well she grew up in the Outer Banks but she has since moved away she's a journalist and she decided to pick the case up and like do a murder mystery kind of good I'm normally like
1: like Jordan and I listen to a lot of crime podcasts when we're in the car on longer trips, like whenever we go to Raleigh or Charlotte or the mountains or whatever, but I'm not really one to listen to them just like in the car. I don't know. I'm so
0: much better at listening. I'm better at listening to them. Like you said, on like a road trip when I can focus because I'll find myself listening to them and then like, after 10 minutes of just hearing noise, I don't know what I, it's like when you read a chapter of a book and you're like, I have no idea what I just read. You have to go back. Yeah, you have to be focused. But that one's really good. And then I've also been listening to Michelle Obama's book, Becoming, on Audible. This is not an ad, but if Audible wants to sponsor us, I'm down. (laughs) Because I love Audible. Um, But yeah, they, or that book is so good. But I love Michelle Obama. She is like goals. Do you see her right now? Oh, Wrigley, you'd be such a sweet girl. Literally won't
1: leave my side these days. She is
0: behind me on the couch. It's adorable. Well, we actually have a review this week. So I am going to read that real quick. And this is from one of my soul girls, Megan Baker, who I love so much. She's the sweetest little heart. And the subject says, I heart the soul community. She said, I've been a soul sister and an avid heart and soul listener for months, but as you know, life gets busy and I hadn't left a review until social distancing gave me some free time. These two ladies are such an inspiration and I appreciate the vulnerability they bring to the table each episode. I spend a few hours training with Catherine every week and I have only met Chelsea a few times, but I feel like we are best friends. I laugh with them and cry with them and look forward to telling my fiance about what they post on Instagram, even though he really doesn't know who they are. (laughs) Mm-hmm. I hope every woman out there gives them a listen because they certainly have given me something to look forward to each week. Even when isolation seems to get the best of me. P.S. K and C. I send my thoughts, love and prayers to you both because I know this is a challenging time in more ways than one. Can't wait for the next episode. Love Megan B. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I that's love so- her. And I'm going to cry. I'm just going to cry. Cause that's the most like detailed and long review it's so sweet so kind thank you megan so much megan we love you you're the best um all right shall we go back to our flow and get back in the groove some happies and crappies let's do it you want me to start or are you yeah. gonna go i'm trying to think well my gosh i should have i'd like never come prepared i know if you have some you can start
1: um I guess my happy is that I uh, I've been having obviously like good days and bad days and then it just keeps coming and going like the happy happy and it's just ever changing.
0: I feel like hold on your connection now that we've six weeks I'm finally starting to feel can you hear me still? Yeah I just sorry about that it just kind of if it broke up in the recording sorry Um, y'all I I can hear you
1: um I think the the last week or so has made me feel a lot more like hopeful and like there's a light at the end of the tunnel I was getting really frustrated because I have seen a lot of other photographers that are still kind of doing the whole like front porch thing and all that and I and I understand that like you know they're doing it to raise morale. Some of them are not even doing it to like still be working or just doing it to be doing something. And in my mind, I was like, that's awesome. But isn't it technically still a shelter in place order? And like, if, if that's the case, couldn't I, like doesn't really matter if someone's on their porch and I'm six to 12 feet away from them, like, wouldn't that be the same safe practice if I were like out in a park with a couple or like in any other public place outdoors. Like it doesn't really make that much of a difference to me. So I was starting to get really frustrated at like what my parameters were and the fact that I literally wasn't working for so long and like can't physically go out and do what I'm used to doing. And so yesterday I sat down and called like the governor's office. I called the county um, like wrote some emails, and I've heard from a few people that you could put in a request to be considered essential. So I did that. and I didn't necessarily hear back right away, but and I was getting a little frustrated because the more calls I made, no one was really able to give me a definitive answer even when I was speaking to like representatives on the phone. And um, so finally, I put in like this request and I emailed this one email that, that the governor's office sent me to. And I got this thing, this auto response that basically said, like, do I need a re-entry certificate, like a written certificate in order to do business? And the answer was no. And it basically said, like, if you're able to operate safely, like for, I'm kind of, you know, paraphrasing it, but it was basically like, as long as you're following the parameters, like you don't really need written document to do it. So that was kind of contradicting because I was like, other people have told me they put in a request and it got approved. But yet this auto response that I got is saying like, "Eh, use your precaution, but you technically don't need this written consent.
0: Interesting.
1: Yeah. All that just to say, I feel confident in still being able to safely hold sessions with my clients because it's either me and one person or me and my couples. And in the nature of how I do things, I'm a hugger and stuff, so, like, I'm not going to be used to that piece. But for the most part, I'm standing six feet or more away from you the entire time anyway. And if I have to change my lens to be a little bit more close up than usual, then I will do that. And I can very safely do that, especially when I can go to the grocery store or Lowe's or the ABC store and, and be in contact with way more people, potentially. I try not to. You know what I mean? like it's very I was starting to feel very defeated and frustrated, like, why can't I still do this? Like, yes, I need to find a location that'll work now because it, like the beach was closed at the time and stuff, but I'm pretty sure I can this is okay, especially yeah. at this stage of things. So anyway, um still waiting to hear back on any of those things, but based on that email that I got, I was like, you know what? this sounds pretty promising, and it's just giving me more hope and like stuff to look forward to. And for the most part, I've rescheduled everyone till after the stay at home order is lifted anyway. So that's only a couple more weeks. So I just feel like a weight is kind of starting to lift a little bit in that, in that regard. Um, so.
0: Yeah, that would be yeah. really like, that'd be super confusing to me. Right. I'll send you the email. First. This whole thing has been super confusing cause I feel, that i've seen businesses or different yeah different organizations in operation that i didn't think could and i I don't know i I, i've been confused this whole time
1: yeah yeah and i don't want to judge or you know misunderstand like i don't know what parameters people are taking or what written consent they've gotten but it has just been like i don't know very frustrating process of okay well what should i do what should i do and this whole time i was just under the notion that okay i'm non essential i'm not going to work and at the time you know when things were a lot worse a few weeks ago i was fine with it but then i've gotten to a point where i'm like okay something's got to give you know we've been at this for quite some time i haven't seen anybody i'm not working i don't know when i can reschedule my clients like i got to start doing something here because i was starting right. to get stressed out about you know, my couples that have weddings in the fall or that I've had sessions already scheduled with, I don't necessarily need new business right now. Like, that would be great. That would be fantastic. But I'm more focused on serving the people that I need to serve before my baby comes and before, like, um, their weddings. <laughs> you know, like, let's say I have an October couple or something and I still haven't shot their engagement session. We I only have till July, really so that, like, the pressure was just kind of on for that, um, so anyway, that was my very long answer for a happy,
0: (laughs) that's a relief, for sure,
1: yeah, um, and then my crappy is just, you know, the fact that my anxiety has been a little higher than, like, than usual lately, and I just feel it more and more, not, um, like I said, not because of, like me feeling threatened or not even because i'm pregnant right now it's just things are i don't know i just feel blue like no one's seen our new house by the time i see all my friends i'm gonna be waddling like it's just uh i don't know it's starting to get real Mm -hmm. bad that
0: it's super heavy
1: yeah but you know it's it's looking up and i I feel like not so doomsday anymore because at some point something's got to give. We're not going to be like this forever. And what we are doing is working and we're still healthy, have that to be grateful for. So, but you know, we all have days where I'm just like, I don't feel like looking for the good in it today. Mm -hmm. I just don't, I don't have the energy for it. So
0: yeah, I think that's totally fair and very normal. (laughs) yeah so hopefully I gave you (laughs) plenty of time to think
1: about yours
0: yeah um well I I feel like my crappy is gonna be pretty much the entire episode so yeah you have have one crappy that is not about what the episode's about though (laughs) yeah I'll start with that um our sinks are clogged and it's our first like homeowner. Uh Oh, we have to fix this kind of situation and I'm not a good fixer. So I'm struggling and we like call, we have a home warranty. So I called a plumber and the plumber came yesterday and you know, that part was covered in my home warranty, but apparently our pipes are so old that they need to do this like, from the roof situation and like go down into our piping system. I don't really get it at all. Like clearly I don't even know how to explain it, but he basically (laughs) didn't have the tools for it. So he, we still had to pay the hundred dollar service fee for him, but he fixed nothing and we have to call like a completely different service that isn't covered by our warranty. Um, so I have to do that today. I have to call that person that that service today, which I don't even know what to ask for because, like, clearly, I don't even know how to explain it. <laughs> but that's yeah. a crappy because every time we use, we have two bathrooms and our master bath, like, the piping goes into the guest bath, like, they're on the same wall. This is, there's okay. probably a plumber listening to this episode being like this idiot, but because it makes <laughs> no sense. Doubtful, cool, but. But basically, whenever we run our sink, With water, it comes up as like black sludge in the guest bath. Ew! So it's disgusting, and it smells so bad. We have this like towel over our guest bath um, sink so that like no one accidentally uses that sink, and black smudge flies up in their face or whatever. Not that anyone's coming over, but you know what I mean. Right. So, anyways, that's like my crappy. Um, My happy is I have, I mean, we'll get into more details later, but I finally started to feel like more ownership of my body again. And that feels awesome to be able to like exercise and um, just walk normally and feel normal, pee normally. (laughs) Sorry, it's going to be a very graphic episode. Um, But yeah, how about we get into that after we talk about our sponsor real quick? Sounds good. We're going to take a quick break. And we'll be back. Thank you to this episode's sponsor. Um, I know you've heard us talk about it before, but I want to tell you a little bit about Skillshare. And now seems like the perfect time to invest in yourself since you are given a little bit more time during this quarantine. I know that Um, a lot of us are at home, maybe some of us even twiddling our thumbs looking for something to do or another episode or show to binge, but this is a way for you to do something while learning and growing. So Skillshare is an online learning community with thousands of inspiring classes for both creative and curious people. You can explore new skills, deepen your existing passions, and just get lost in creativity in general. There are multiple class topics Um, For y'all to choose from, especially as entrepreneurs and women and creatives, Um, there's a lot about productivity, lifestyle, freelance and entrepreneurship, creative writing, graphic design, photography, and so much more. They offer creative classes that are actually designed for real life and all the circumstances that come with it. So it's always the right time to stay inspired, express yourself, and connect with a community of millions. Um, So why not do that through a membership with meaning, which is exactly what Skillshare is. If you've been listening to this podcast, then you know that we believe that a strong community is essential. Um, not only in all of life, but especially in times of hardship, like what we're going through right now. So this is a place for you to connect with fellow creatives um, in a time where you might feel a little isolated. Um, and you can just provide encouragement and be encouragement, encouraged at the same time. Um, shameless, just speaking of shameless living, I have really gone down a deep rabbit hole of TikTok lately and felt really, um inadequate because I did not know how to make my own and I am not ashamed to say here people that I looked up a Skillshare class on TikTok and it is called TikTok the complete guide and yes I learned how to create a video I've posted two already how to splice things up um how to use hashtags to help people find your page filters all the things it truly is a complete guide to something that I'm just creating a passion for. And that is TikTok. Okay, sue me, whatever. Um, so you can use Skillshare for however you think it would be useful to you right now. Um, right now you can explore your creativity and get two free months of premium membership at Skillshare.com soul. So just by being a listener to this podcast, you can get two whole months of unlimited access to 1000s of classes for free. All you have to do to get started and join today is head to skillshare.com backslash soul S O L E to get two free months of unlimited access to thousands of classes Happened, But the week before we went into shelter in place, Michael and I found out we were pregnant, which was so exciting because we've been trying since early November. So, um, we, were very active about trying to get pregnant and, um, you know, every month that goes by that you're not pregnant when you're trying is kind of a letdown. So, um, essentially I was coaching a group class one day and my fever spiked during the group class. And I thought I had COVID (laughs) and I was freaking out because it was right when all the news about Corona kind of started coming into the U S and we weren't in shelter in place yet. And I was feeling guilty, but anyways, found out that that was actually just implantation and I was, um, pregnant. So a couple days later after that, after not feeling good and, um, being late, I took a test and it was pregnant. And then I took another one and it was pregnant. I probably took 20 for the next three weeks and they were all pregnant. Um, so that was super exciting. We did tell our our immediate family and i told chelsea and i told um my three best friends from home but it was for the most part this like really super exciting thing that we really couldn't share with people because well now it's silly thinking about it because i'm so open like i knew that i would share about a miscarriage if i had one so it's it's kind of silly to think like why would you wait to tell people let people in on such a big thing but I also think there was that fear of like the quarantine and everything, but anyways.
1: Well, yeah, I would, sorry, I don't want to interrupt you, but I do think it's important to touch on that because I I think there's such a, um, like, I don't know. I use the word stigma a lot, but there's this like idea that when you get pregnant, you're not allowed to tell the world until you're 12 weeks or whatever. And, While I understand that, because yes, it's obviously harder to go back and like tell people what happened later. But if you're someone like Catherine, or I know I would probably be the same way if I was in that situation, you're, you feel more supported by sharing your story, right? We talk about that on here all the time. And so I remember when we shared finally about our pregnancy at 10 and a half weeks, I got a little judgment for it. And there were some comments that were made and stuff. And I think it's while, yes, there's always that fear. And sometimes that fear does become a reality. That doesn't mean it's any less of something to celebrate or like let your joy be stolen in that moment. Because at that time, that was something that was very exciting for you. And unfortunately, like, that's how this story ended. But it doesn't mean the next time, like, now you're not allowed to, share that joy again, you know, when as soon as you feel it, like that the at the, the beginning where you're still trying to like fathom what's even going on, you can't wait to share it with the people you love the most. So I don't know, I just encourage women hearing this, like if you're in that stage right now, don't feel like you have to do it one way or the other just because people tell you this is when you should announce it or when you when you shouldn't.
0: Yeah. Either way. I totally agree. And you know, I even as like even being on this side of, I would share anyway, I even have that same mindset. I think it's because it's like ingrained in us of, I, I remember this, not, it's not, I remember it literally happened right when we found out we were pregnant. This girl that I follow on Instagram, I don't know her at all personally, but I've been following her for a while. She's like a trainer and um, a Christian and kind of stands for the same thing that we stand for she announced I'm five weeks pregnant on Instagram and I was five weeks pregnant. And I thought, Oh girl, too soon. But mm-hmm. like, isn't that crazy? Cause she was just speaking out her joy and I, um, and now I can like understand and, and celebrate that with her because I don't know how I'll, I'll kind of get more into this, but essentially like a lot of women struggle with miscarriage and, it is, um, one, it's very common and two, it's very not talked about even still, even still with social media. And I feel like a lot of things are coming to the surface, which is beautiful. I still think it's, it's still smushed down based on a lot of the messages that I received after, um, announcing it on social media.
1: For sure. So yeah, it's been more important to have those conversations and not, And not live in this state of fear, right? Like, I'm sure so many people have gone through it and never told anyone it it ever happened in the first place. And maybe that's what some people need to do to grieve and to heal. But also, I don't think there's enough um, dialogue about it in the first place. So people feel like they can do that freely if that is gonna, maybe they
0: don't even know how healing it
1: it could be because they're afraid of it in the first place.
0: Right. And like, no judgment if you are more of an introverted healer and like want to process that internally or just with you and your spouse, like totally, you don't have to share with the world to each his own. I just know for me, it was, it was really important because community is, is so important to us that. Yeah. I think that next time I don't know that I'll share or announce on social media. I'm pregnant at five weeks, but I do, I do think I'll be a little more open about it just in order to, like state my fears and ask for, for prayer because yeah. I mean, and that's something that I'll kind of dive into deeper in a little bit. Cause it's something that I'm still wrestling with, but like even just having the support of your community in the beginning is, um, really helpful. I'm sure. So, yeah. So going back into it, I was, um, you can't Chelsea knows this. And a lot of you probably know, you can't have your first appointment till eight weeks. So, My first um, four or I found out at five weeks. So for three weeks, I couldn't go to the doctor. And um, that's like a crazy stressful time. Just like what the heck's going on? So literally every other day, I'm not joking. I took a pregnancy test. Um, I did the same thing. It's like, like, is it still there? Yeah, it's still there. And I had all the symptoms of like um, cramping and... Tender boobs and getting graphic, you know, constipation and and nausea and like, I just had all the things, so I felt very pregnant. Um, and I was, but when I went in, so the week of my eight week appointment, I actually started spotting for the first time, and I um, texted some pregnant friends. I texted Chelsea and I texted our friend Parker who's been on, and I just asked like what? Oh, I was, I wasn't calm. I was like, what the heck's going on? Oh my gosh, I'm spotting. And essentially I found out like, it's totally normal. So I, I went from feeling super afraid to feeling like, Oh, okay, well, this is just my body processing a pregnancy. And, um, then like, I just couldn't shake it the whole, this was like on a Monday And that whole day I couldn't shake it. It would go in and out of spotting and it was very, very light. So I really wasn't that afraid, but I couldn't shake the anxiety. And that night we were going to bed and it was like... You called the
1: doctor that day too and they told you the same thing, right? Like
0: to... Oh yeah, yeah. I called the doctor that day and they said, yeah, like keep monitoring it. If it becomes really... If it becomes really heavy and like really red, then we'll want to know. But spotting's totally normal. We'll we'll bump your appointment up a day, but you don't need to come in. Um so anyways, Monday night, um, after talking to the doctor, uh that evening, I went to the bathroom before going to bed and I like had just a little more blood, like honestly not a ton, but to me, I was like, I cannot. <laughs> like, and I even processed. Or considered going to the ER and um everyone warned me against that because of corona because then I wouldn't be able to go to my appointment. But um essentially like went to bed that night, just barely slept at all, was so afraid. And the next my cramping was a little more, so I was just sorry if this is too much detail. Is this too much detail? Okay. So then the next day I woke up and I called the doctor right at eight AM when they opened and They put me on to come in that day and this is kind of where it all becomes real and it all becomes like, it's like one of those, you know, there's always pivotal moments in your life where you just vividly remember every single step. And this is one Mm -hmm. of those days for me. But um, I went into the doctor at 10 that day and um, it's crazy right now. I'm sure you've seen it at your appointments, but like you go to the you to know the doctor, you check in, they like do the COVID, like ask the questions. Do you have a fever? Do you have this? Blah, 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 Then they send you back to your car in the waiting room. Then you come in to pee. Then you go back to your car to wait. And then someone mm-hmm. comes out and gets you. So it's like this 20 minute process of like internal waiting and freaking out. And then this like really beautiful moment happened where, so Michael couldn't go with me because of COVID. So I was alone and, Um, the ultrasound, are they called stenographers, stenographers,
1: stenographers?
0: Yeah, Yeah, that that person came out to the car to get me. And I knew her. She's actually like, um, a friend of mine from Axis. I used to um, work out with her and coach her. And um, she um, is, she's just a she's just like a really calming presence and a believer and she came out to the car and she asked me if it was okay, since I knew her, if she did my ultrasound. And I just like felt like God's hand being like, someone's going to be with you, kind of, someone that you know. And I was like, please, like, <laughs> please do it. Even yeah. though it's weird because it's like my friend's going up my vagina. <laughs> yeah. But you uh, know, it is what it is. So um, <laughs> so we got real close that day. But um, I'll never forget, like, she did the ultrasound. and. I, well, I told her my symptoms and she did the ultrasound and they like look at the screen and they do like, I'm going to act it out, but they like click, 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 click. And they like do all these moves and they're moving the thing around and they're click, click, clicking and they're not looking at you. So they're not giving you like any hints. So for like a good two minutes, you're just in silence. And I had this thought, I'm like, okay, if she hasn't said anything yet, then it's probably good news. Like it's probably like, I'm pregnant. It's fine. It was just spotting. It's no big deal. And then she asked if I wanted to FaceTime Michael. And I was like, Oh my God, I'm pregnant. You know, like we're going to hear the heartbeat. And, um, I did. And she just basically told us in that moment that the baby had not grown past five and a half weeks and the fetus was still in there, but, um, because it had stopped growing, it only had a 10% chance of continuing to, um, grow at this point. And so they wanted to monitor, they wanted to put me, she, well, I had a doctor's appointment directly after that, but she was like, once you talk to the doctor, she's probably just going to ask that you come in in a week. So you're not really going to have any clarity, but she was like the way she was looking at me as like a friend, I could tell this is not good news, obviously. Like a 90% chance of death is obviously not a good chance of living. So Anyways, they're not allowed to hug and I don't know if she's going to get in trouble if any doctor listens to this, but she just like held me and let me cry in her arms for a couple minutes and um it was just like really calming. I just felt like I wasn't alone in that moment and she walked me from building B to building A and like had her arms around me and there was people, you know, walking by, looking colleagues of hers and she like did not care. She was just like really a comforting presence for me. And then, um, uh, the doctor basically said the same exact thing. And, um, we, so that was on a Tuesday. And by the time I got home that afternoon, the bleeding had increased. So I knew that in my, I think I had already accepted in my heart that it was done. And I, the hard part here where I kind of have been wrestling with God is like, a lot of people in, not a lot of people, but some people in our church reached out to come over that night to pray. And it was beautiful. Like it was such a like sweet moment of just like tears and, and prayers and wrestling with God. But like, as they were praying, they were praying like for life, they were praying for healing for the baby and for my womb. And like my womb at even one point, I know this is going to sound crazy and I'm not even that charismatic, but like it got really hot and I was like, oh my gosh, like I wonder if it's healed, you know, like you just kind of go through like ups and downs of, 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 of healing, I guess, and and processing it. And the thing that Michael and I think have been, uh, have been wrestling with most is like when we have such clarity about a healthy baby, about our pregnancy And like prior to getting pregnant, we had two people have dreams that I got pregnant that week. Um, We had one person um, had like a vision that God was like holding my, my womb, which now maybe is like a vision of him just like taking my baby to heaven before I had to deal with this crappy earth. But I don't know, like we just had such peace about being pregnant and we're wrestling right now with like, and I think this is very honest to say of like, why do we even pray? You know, like, why do we pray so intensely for something that is not even willed to happen? So, I mean, we've obviously like come to this conclusion that like prayer is not only healing for, for an individual that you pray for, but for the person who's praying. Cause it's just like connection with, with God and it's conversation and it's letting out your feelings. But I think that's probably our biggest struggle right now is like, I'm sure every woman goes through this when they have a miscarriage, but like, why, you know, like, so anyways, the hardest part about the, about the miscarriage is the bleeding started on Tuesday and it didn't end for 10 days. So from Tuesday up and there, they give you like a range of like, miscarriage could last like two days to a week. And after a week, I was like, I'm still bleeding a lot, like significantly. Um, and it got to the point where like the weekend after, so there was that's bleeding started Tuesday and that Friday, Saturday, Sunday, I was wearing like hospital diapers and like, couldn't walk without just bleeding everywhere. So that was like really debilitating, especially for someone who like finds healing through movement. And, um, I just felt trapped in my body. And I, I, I just couldn't, I was constantly reminded of it. Like, and I think it's, I think that's the hard part for women. And this, we've had a lot of conversations with couples in the last couple of days of like Michael kind of as kind and comforting as he is, like it's not the same for him. And he's admitted right. that, like he didn't physically feel the, the baby in the beginning. So he didn't have a connection to it emotionally as I, as I did. And, then when the miscarriage happened, it logistically to him, it's like, there's not a heartbeat. The baby isn't developing. Like, that's it. Like, yeah. kinda, like, move on. Fact is fact. Let's go to the next. Let's see what we need to do next kind of thing. And I was like, no, I can't escape it. Like, I'm physically seeing the evidence of it every time I walk or go to the bathroom. So mm-hmm. that part was super difficult. And that's why my happy is like on, um, Sunday of this past week, like was my last day of spotting. And I was just finally feeling like myself again, physically, um, which is huge for any woman, but I think especially huge for me. Cause I like pride myself on movement. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. so, so yeah. Um, I don't know. I kind of need to unpack this. Yeah. Let me let me plug my computer in. I got to get my thing. If you want to <laughs> okay. talk. No problem. Um, I don't know if you can still hear me or
1: not, though. I'm going to take that as a no. I'll chime in when she comes back.
0: <laughs> okay, sorry. I'm back.
1: That's okay. I don't want to keep talking unless you're gonna hear me. Um, I think a couple of things come to mind when you're sharing that, and I think first of all, um, this your story alone and like how like the constant reminder piece of it and the physicality of it, I think is really important to talk about, especially because you know, you hear miscarriages happening all the time, especially like from a someone who's never been through it or like a husband's standpoint. Again, like you said, it's not like he wasn't feeling it too or wasn't supportive. It's hard to understand like what you're actually going through mentally, emotionally, and then also through your own body. And I think a lot of us when we hear that word, we're just like, oh, okay, like you have a miscarriage and like you move on like it's not yeah
0: you kind of have this or at least I did because I have tons of friends who which is sad who have had miscarriages and I guess they never told me the details of them but I just kind of had this idea of like you miscarry internally you bleed a little and then you're done kind of thing right like I didn't realize it was so daunting and like and right. hopefully, in Jesus' name, it's not like that for everyone. But for me, it was just, like, so physically draining. Right. Um, and it's not just, like, you go to the doctor
1: and you get an answer. Like, sometimes there's there's these, like, little tiny glimmers of hope, like, yeah. in your case they gave you, which sometimes it's, like, it's nice, but at the same time, like, it would be nicer to just have a very clear, mm-hmm. like, hey this is what you can expect moving forward. Right. And like have that ability to mentally move forward from there. I feel like, especially as, as like Christians, if we have like a little bit of a smidge of hope, we're going to pray on that and hope that the Lord yeah. moves, moves, you know? Um, So I think it's important to just bring that up and talk through that that piece of it, because it's not just, you find out, and then that's that. Like some women have the experience you did, others don't as much. And then it could be even, even more painful down the road if you need to go in and have procedures done and like physically have that removed. Like that's a whole nother mm-hmm. um, aspect of that I'm really glad. I know I'm not glad that you had to go through it the way that you did, but I am glad that it at least didn't have to take any other like yeah. Any other additional measures to like heighten the pain for you as as your friend?
0: Um, I think that. I, I, oh, sorry. Keep going.
1: No, that's okay. You can
0: chime in. I think that as I process, like as we're talking through this, I'm processing a little bit more too of like, of of the idea of hope and and. Yes. I 1000% believe in miracles. I've seen them in my life and I believe in them. And I, I go back. I know that I've been wrestling with God and I want to like preface what I'm about to say with, I think that you should, like, I think that having a healthy wrestling relationship where you're sad, you're angry, you're all the feels with your creator is the healthiest place you can be. Um, and yeah, that was actually exactly what I was going to
1: just say as my next point is that that alone is fine and it's healthy and it's, those thoughts are completely valid and completely normal. And you, you might not ever know the why. The only thing that we sh- need to hold on to is that there is one and yeah. we might not like it and we might hate it in this moment and, and never even really know what that is but i think the only thing to rest in is that very fact and that you know there's a lot of a lot of these things happen i think what it's like one in four pregnancies
0: or something like 30 percent like 30 35 percent of pregnancies and then this yeah
1: and sometimes it's and the number is probably maybe even higher than that sometimes because um people don't even know that they're pregnant in the first place um so all that just to say like the one Doctors will tell you all the time it's nothing you did wrong. It's important to, to know that, like, it's not your body being broken. You cannot do anything to control it from happening or not. And the only thing that they do know is that it's for a reason, like, spiritually or physically, right? Like, your body reacts a specific way if there is
0: something wrong. Yeah. And I was actually I reading my mind because that was like my next that was my next point of what I've learned is the, well, going, going back to like the wrestling part, like I think what has saved me and and I don't know how people who don't have a faith in something go through suffering like this because having some sort of hope or like some sort of, I don't know why, but there is a reason kind of mentality like trusting and leaning in God has Gotten us through this, and will continue to get us through this. And then, two, as far as like, um, wait, what were you saying about? I was saying how you know the only thing that oh, we know the body, is the body, a reason for it, yeah, yeah. So, I, I have really appreciated the candidness of doctors in this time, and them explaining to me that it's not my fault because i think that a lot of women and i especially because i put so much pressure on my body in normal life i think a lot of women put the blame on themselves like what could i have done oh my gosh i ate sushi that one night or you know like i had a glass of wine or something like that is it my fault and like if you're one of those women listening to this it's not like after researching a lot and talking to doctors like it is a chromosomal mishap in the very beginning that is out of your control and the baby is just like it's basically determined from the beginning if it's going to be a healthy or unhealthy pregnancy and you just don't know as you monitor along the way when that unhealthy pregnancy is going to end um and so like my Prayer or my message to women right now is who have gone through this or who will go through this is you're not broken and that it's not your fault because if you hold on to that guilt, like my biggest fear now is getting pregnant again. Just to be completely honest, because I I fear going through the process of possibly having a miscarriage again because it's it's the actual worst. It effing sucks. So <laughs> the fact that that's a possibility of going through again terrifies me of getting pregnant, but at least now I know that it would not have been my fault, um, and that yeah. that that piece is really comforting, you know. And one some when I posted on um, last week about the miscarriage, like the the outpouring of love, first of all, was nuts. I mean, this community is insane. I'm so blessed by the gifts, like you and Jordan sent flowers. I mean, we have 6,000 bouquets in our house and so much chocolate and two boxes of cravings and letters and sweet, sweet messages. And I just like never would have imagined that. And that's been incredible. And then also the messages that I received on Instagram, one in particular that really stuck out to me was, it's actually funny. It's like my high school sweetheart's sister, (laughs) but, um, like of all the people, you know how like Instagram just connects people and you're like, I haven't talked to you in 10 years. Like what? But she said, like, she kind of opened up to me about her, um, her past with miscarriage and and said that what something that I always rest in is I pray to God for healthy babies. And God knew in the beginning that that was not going to be a healthy baby on this earth. So he took that baby early and it's, healthier than it will ever be right now. Um mm-hmm. and that like as I mean I don't really you know I'm not a super emotional person, but I will say even though I might seem heartless because I haven't cried at all, like I cried plenty in the last two weeks and but that like gave me like happy tears for the first time in the grieving process because I just had this picture of like maybe Lauren if she's the one who had the vision of like the God holding my womb, like maybe that was the vision. It's like God was already holding my baby. Cause at that point okay. my baby was already not growing. So how comforting is it to know that he or she is in a much better place right now, you know, mm-hmm. than they would yeah. ever be on this earth, especially during COVID nineteen. <laughs> <laughs> I
1: know. I think that's that's so sweet. Like that, um, imagery, I guess I couldn't yeah.
0: think of the word. Um, I also like want, I want to encourage women in their vulnerability to, you don't have to post about it on social media. Like, obviously that's mm-hmm. like the extreme of letting people in because everybody gets let in. I just felt like I had to do that from like a a standpoint of like what I've stood for the last six years. Um mm-hmm. but do reach out to someone in your community, in your tight knit community, just to talk to you about it because it's it's something that needs to be processed. Because the the more you hold it in, the more shame and bitterness grow. And I just don't want that for for your future pregnancies, that fear either. So yeah. I know. I totally agree, and
1: I think you know, having been through that like stage and and knowing mentally where I was at and the in the fear of it all, it's already such an isolating place to be, and I think it always is like whether you are trying to conceive or you just have and you're scared about miscarrying or you're 23 weeks pregnant and you don't have no idea what you're doing. Like you're no one knows what that feels like except for you Mm -hmm. And in that exact moment. And the closest thing you can get to that support of someone truly understanding is just sharing about it and praying about it. And especially talking to other people that have had similar stories. And again, like I said, it might not be look the exact same way, but, um, whether that's putting it out into the world and maybe hearing from someone that you've never even connected with that has a very similar story or just with your close circle. Um, don't don't allow yourself to feel like you're in it alone because you are most definitely not. I can assure you that everyone listening, no matter where where in that walk you are in, in this moment.
0: Yeah. And I think that especially during like a, a shelter in place, it's easy to feel isolated. I mean, we're mm-hmm. actually in self-isolation. So I know for me, those moments of people reaching out and me reaching out to people have made me feel less alone in a time when I physically can't Yeah. encounter people. And I also want to take shame away from, from the way that you grieve because I've had like, for instance, on, very specific example, Saturday night, like Michael and I had a wonderful evening, like, and I almost felt guilty for having such a nice night. Like I wasn't really bleeding as much. We had a great dinner. We had some wine. We um, listened to worship music and like had some prayer time. We were laughing and like joking around. And then like that, after two and a half hours of complete joy and feeling like I'm like healed, I break down and I start bawling. And I'm like, I'm just so really sad. And I kept saying that over again. Like, why am I still so sad? We just had a great night. And he was like, you're allowed to be both happy and sad right now. Like, you mm-hmm. can be all the things. You, there's no manual for how someone should grieve. Mm-hmm. And it's okay if you feel sad. And it's okay if you'll feel happy. Like, don't feel guilty about having joy in a sad time in life, you know? Yeah. I mean, if God puts
1: peace in your heart in that time that's okay like soak that up you know if he's giving that to you for a reason and yeah I think that there's so much guilt and and shame associated with all of that type of stuff especially like the moment you become pregnant you become a mom like you are yeah. and I can't tell you how much like pressure you already feel as it is like don't don't put any more on yourself just for processing things the way that you need to
0: one of my friends who miscarried she said that i mean the nuggets i received were amazing but she said that you just like you said and and i even said that in my post too is like you are a mother even if your baby's not here like i'm a mom it's weird to say but i am one and she said in her in her message to me, my, the hardest part about knowing that my baby's in heaven, which is a really great feeling to know your baby's in the best place on earth is that I can't be its mom there right now. Like that's, she said, that's the hardest struggle is you don't get to take care of this thing that you were already like internally taking care of, like your body was already taking care of it. So yeah, like don't let that be stripped from you, that joy of like feeling like you are a mother or a caretaker just because your baby didn't make it full term, you know, that mm-hmm. feeling, that first feeling of finding out you're pregnant and that some, something is growing inside of you that should never be taken away from you.
1: No. So. Yeah. And then again, like I keep saying, and that's why I think it's okay to have some joy in the the very first time you pee on a stick. Like, it's so crazy how instantly you go from joy to like fear and, and it goes back and forth. But it's so sad that that's the reality. And I can't say that, you know, that fear won't ever be there for you again or me again one day or whatever. But I think, gosh, like, why don't we let ourselves have that a little bit more mm-hmm. in, in, that, in that stage? Because in that exact moment, you were given that gift for a reason.
0: Yeah, and not bottle things up. Like, be able to say in moments, like, Michael has been training for this race um, which he's like stupid good at. And it's like kind of annoying because my like physical body is just like destroyed right now. So I'm like, my competitive side is like, ah, I wish I could train. But mm-hmm. I did this like 500 meter run with him and um, his training partner outside the other day thinking like, you know, I'm, I'm back, I'm not bleeding. And I did this 500 meter run and I was feeling like I'm running, you know, like this is great. And then, and then all of a sudden it hurt. And I couldn't run as fast as I could before. And I got pissed, like really mad, like competitive Catherine came out and they were like, are you okay? And I was like, no, I just had a miscarriage, like blurted it out. Like my body's not the same. I just had a miscarriage. And like, but that little like freak out felt so good to be like, I don't have to hide about, I don't have to hide this. Like I'm pissed right now. And, and five minutes ago I was really happy because I could run. So like, I'm going to go up and down a lot right now, <laughs> but living in that freedom of like, I'm allowed to be whatever I need to be right now is, is really freeing. So yeah. that's my encouragement to women. Like you were trying to say, I just said it in a very stupid way, but like the, feel the freedom to feel whatever you need to feel. If you're, um, going through that or anything in life that requires mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: Without fear of judgment or what people other people are telling you or the guidelines to feeling excited about being pregnant, not being pregnant, going through a miscarriage, whatever.
0: Yeah. I think There's right now the, the internal pressure. Yeah, the hardest part for right now, and this is why I miss next week or last next week, I'm like predicting the future. Last week <laughs> is um, I have to go in weekly now to, well, last week was like the last ultrasound to confirm, but then now, um, I have to go in every single week to test my blood levels because my HCG levels are still over a thousand as of my last test. So essentially if I were to take a pregnancy tests right now, it would still show up very positive. And anyways, I have to go in weekly now for the next like three or four weeks, depending on how my blood levels go down and monitor that. Um, which I, that <laughs> sounds so silly. Cause like I've been through two ultrasounds in the last two weeks, but those are easy compared to getting my blood drawn. Like I have this massive fear of needles. So mm-hmm. I'm terrified of like the anxiety of just thinking about going to the doctor tomorrow is like beyond stressful. So listeners, please pray for me. <laughs>
1: Do they let you, um, like, because I fainted the first time, like now, whenever I get blood drawn there. They bring me like Cheez-Its and let me lay down when I get blood drawn. So that helps
0: you to lay down
1: or something and not like have to like physically hold yourself up. I feel like that helps a lot mentally too.
0: Yeah. That's a good idea. Cause I've already asked if I can like look away or like, you know, they show you the tube, but with your name on it to confirm, like, is this your name? Is this your birthday? Mm -hmm. I asked them, I was like, can you just show me the sticker without the tube before you put the sticker on? Like, I trust that you're going to put it on. I just can't look at that stuff. (laughs) But they were were awesome about that. So they've already done it twice. And like, I feel like I should be used to it by now. I'm just not like.
1: They only need to take like one or two, right?
0: Yeah, just one tube. And then they call me that afternoon with the results. That's good. Yeah. One tube is very bearable. You'll be good. It's quick. Yeah. Um, but I think that also, in, speaking of like what I need prayer for is yes, the needle part, but also just the process of like, it's just a continual reminder. And also like this push, pushing out the process of becoming a mom. So like, like we can't start over until this is like cleared out and my levels are back down. And like, I think when we were already on since we've already been on that high or especially me already been on the high of like being pregnant and kind of, you know, you already go straight to like their birthday, their name, you know, everything like it's all planned on your head. I think the, the postponement of this season is really hard for me to grasp right now. Cause I'm like, Oh, I was so mm-hmm. ready <laughs> to like jump all in, you know? But also again, I know that there's a reason for that. And like, I just won't see it either ever or especially right now. So I think I need prayer for like my mindset and that.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I will be praying that for you and not when it does happen again, that you can feel all the joy and excitement and, yeah. and you're allowed to feel fear again, but I don't, you know, my prayer for you is that you you can enjoy it to the fullest maybe even more so now that you've you kind of you know toughened yourself up uh, Mm -hmm. or you will have after all of this so I think you'll be even even stronger when that day comes yeah it really sucks
0: yeah but yeah um thanks for giving or thanks for letting me kind of share that today and and To the listeners, thanks for listening. And if y'all are going through this or have gone through this or maybe are pregnant and fearful, like we can both obviously relate on both those. So please don't, like our DMs are not full, y'all. You can reach out to us. (laughs) We will see it. (laughs) And we would love to talk.
1: Thank you for sharing that. I think that was very healing for a lot of people to hear and I know how much our listeners love you or and are invested in in your story and lots of people were asking how you were doing this this week so I'm sure they'll be
0: happy to hear from yeah you I got some really sweet dms from listeners who I've like never even met and I just want you to know I've been praying for you and I'm like oh these sweet souls. It means so much. And I can definitely feel the prayers. Like it gives me peace in a very not peaceful time. So thank you for that.
1: All right, guys. Well, we will chat with you next week.
0: We love you. Bye. Bye.